It's called Let's Keep the Flames of Hope Alive. Never let the fires die. Let's keep the flames of hope alive. And never let the fires die. Take the lie of the lie. Hi. This is Steve Fulton from the Never Let the Fires Die podcast, the Alarm podcast. We've been trying to catch up with Mike Peters for the last six months to get an interview completed. For some reason, it's been very hard to get it done. But we are under a deadline. We really wanted to get an interview to talk about the new album before it came out on June 29th. And so, last Sunday, in a last-ditch effort... Jeff caught Mike Peters on the road in his European tour as he was driving, and we recorded what follows. This just in, as a last-minute bonus, interspersed within this interview is Mike Peters talking about each track on the Equals album. And this just in, after the interview, stay tuned for an exclusive mix of a new song from Equals. We have some questions about Equals. And I just want to ask you, I have a lot of other questions, but the first one is, will there be a, not that the first record doesn't sound fantastic or look fantastic, we haven't heard anything but the singles yet. Will there be a second set of songs that come out sometime next year in the, um, I guess it wouldn't be equals, maybe we'll call it plus minus. It, will there be another set that you want to you release or is this the it for that sessions and you're going to move on to new material? No, I mean, look, we still, let's focus on equals. That, that's the record we've got coming out right now. But yeah, look, without giving anything away, there will be a second release and it, it won't be in... 2019 it'll be before then oh wow um and so uh you know there's a lot to look forward to and um and so yeah but there'll definitely be a second album there's going to be a second wave of, of, of dates coming to, to the end of the year as well so uh, obviously we're just focusing on what's ahead of us at the moment in the immediate future and we want people to talk about equals and yes of and, course uh, because you know it, it, the, the album's rooted in in the creative period of last year, the last couple of years, and, and you know we have shared this music to a degree with our fans, and 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 paved the way for this release. Um, it's a little bit like when um, the EP came out before Declaration, you know, and there was there was hints of songs on there that were coming, and uh, and I think it, it, it just represents the the, um, the way I feel about the music industry. It's, it, it's revolutionized and evolved in such a way that you, you, there's almost no point in just putting an album out right because um, it lives for a day and then disappears uh, uh, down screen <laughs> no <one laughs> it anymore so um, the, the, the whole um, uh, release process has, has been something I've envisaged for, uh, that I wanted to spread it out over a two or three year period so, so that we, we've got the time and the ability to play this and perform this music to, to a lot of people. Uh, but it takes time to get out to all those places and, and we have to create a situation where we can keep the album alive, people talking about the band, because it's very hard to get um, heard above the noise. You know, there's everyone's online, but nobody reads the same magazine like it used to be in the 80s. Right. You'd, you'd try and get your magazine, you, your album in Rolling Stone and, and that would let everyone know you've got a record out or you'd put it in The Enemy in Britain or something like that and everyone would know. But that, that those portals into the public domain don't exist anymore. And now we have to work with, with a, a whole host of different uh, ways of, of communicating through our music, you know, whether it's on the streaming uh, services through the Spotify's and the Tidal's and Apple Music and iTunes or, or whether it's in traditional record stores and playing in stores because all that's come full circle the, the, the way you used to communicate and interact with a lot of fans was at record store signings and so I'm doing a lot of that in the first week of the album release here in the UK and then 
will be, you know, as soon as July the 4th is over, we're almost on American soil for a long time. Two Rivers is a song about friendship and the depth that exists. Friendships that can be tested but still stand strong, that are not judged on the week or the month or the year, but the test of time, the challenge that the test of time brings to a friendship. And it's Two Rivers is about having the will to believe in that friendship that no matter what happens, a true bond can never be broken. Everything is Beautiful Tonight is really about those moments in life when you can't put on show what you're really feeling, when you're in those moments where you have to put on a brave face, where you have to show a side of you that you don't really feel in tune with, where really inside your heart is breaking, but everyone is living life to the full. Yeah, I think it's a sort of reference in a way to one of the earliest songs I ever worked on, a street of a thousand faces alone in the street of a thousand faces and that's what beautiful is all about so let's get a let's get a health update for first for you how are you feeling yeah well i'm good i, I think that's why i want to call the album equals because it's the first time i feel like i've got things a balance in my life between you know mike peter's the father the husband the musician and Mike Peters, the cancer survivor patient. And, um, it, you know, when, when um, I had a relapse at, at, in, uh, two years ago, um, it, it, it threw me into a really dark place, and I thought I was going to have to look at the um, taking the big step of having a transplant. It was talked about between myself and the doctor at the time, Dr. Yeah. Edwards. And uh, he did ask for a period of grace where he allowed him to think about the next steps and the way forward. And he got me on this trial drug for a new drug called um, Idolalacid. And, it, and it's really been an amazing drug for me. It's balanced out all my blood counts. I've got, um, you know, I've been untethered from hospitals. You know, for, for the last, since 2005, really, I've been chained to hospitals. So I, I could only ever come to America for a couple of weeks or go to Europe. And, and I have to come back to get to the, the, the treatment room for my chemotherapies and uh, and now I don't have to do that so I only have to go to hospital once every three months now so that gives me time to get out in the world and be free to do uh, the, the, the touring in the way I've always uh, wanted to do it and come to places for a long time and put down a bit of roots while we're playing and, and, and get connected and so you know that, that's, that equilibrium is uh, has, has sort of set me free really and it, it's it's resulted in a lot of creativity, a lot of songs and, and projects that, that, that have, you know, appearing. Uh, with, you know, we had the, the musical last year, we had the camo jacket film, we've got, uh, we had Blood Red, Viral Black, and now we've got Equals and we've reissued Declaration and Eponymous. And so there's a, a lot happening. And, and because I can back it up with the physical presence in, in, the, in the territories where we have an audience and where there's a call for the alarms play live so it, um, it feels very liberating right now and, and uh, you know and that energy really spills over onto the stage and, and we're having some of the best gigs in modern times right now Coming Backwards is about how everything comes full circle everything you are and you start out being, will always come home to you later in life as you move forward in life. The friends you make at the beginning will become your friends in the fullness of time. Life has a habit of us bringing us back to where we belonged, to taking us back to our roots. Transatlantic is really about being in the no man's land between loss and 
and and of having someone and and it's it's a tough place to go i've been there with the loss of my own parents and seen friends and family go through the similar loss and they end up in that and certainly for a certain time before they've come to terms with the loss they end up in a sort of twilight zone where you are as i've likened it to in the song transatlantic in between in the middle of something uh, somewhere where you can't quite believe you've lost someone or something you had only moments before and even though you know you'll never see it again you're still hanging on to those vital sparks of life that were there only moments ago but you know you're going to have to face the loss eventually and move forward to the other side of where that part of the journey will take you we've the the everybody's on fire i mean smiling and and james and then jules is starting to be she's not timid at all you know she's your wife right but on stage she doesn't want to play in some of the songs where it'd be perfect to have like i mean strength for instance right the strength on album has organ at the beginning and it gives it a really deep texture i'm sorry to notice that jules is starting to play more of the deep like bass textures and things on the songs which is fantastic so on that note, how's she feeling? Yeah, look, Jules is doing great. You know, she's been she's uh, not on this European tour. She had some surgery last week, oh. um, but uh, and that that's again reflects the flexibility we want to have in in the band in our personal life. We don't want to have um, you know the cancer situations that have dragged us down over the years. We don't want them to um, hinder what we want to try and achieve with the band and, and on a personal level and um, we created a, you know the alarm's very flexible band it always has been you know it's not never been just about four people on stage you know the alarm could be stripped down to one voice and an acoustic guitar and, it, and the band is represented in that right scenario. right or it, it can be five people on stage <laughs> and six you know it's with an orchestra or a choir we've never been a band just you know have a purist approach to these are the musicians that play, and, they, and so these are the only musicians you see. And but and, and I, but what I like about uh, what Jules' contribution is all about, with the the way we play live, it it's, it, it doesn't have to be on every song. And, and and when we first added a keyboard player into the alarm with Mark Taylor, and Mark would only play, you know, on on five or six songs, and and and, and he really came in because. We created that walk forever on the strength album around the piano, right. and that spilled over into the introduction of Spirit '76. And we thought that was an important sound to carry onto the road. And, and you know, and none of us in the band could play the piano to that sort of level of technical ability. So we had to bring somebody in. And Mark was a guy that you often seen and not heard. He you know, at UCLA, you know, that we, the opening song was marching on, and then he jumps up for the second song, Howling Wind. Or, <laughs> we did Bands Reunited in 2003. Mark was playing at that gig, but he was behind the PA and nobody could see him at all, but he was there at that gig. And uh, and, and so with, with Mark having a, a new situation in his life where he's um, he's got like full-time employment as a, as a music teacher and songwriting, um, uh, it, he, he lectures on song, songwriting at Metropolis Studios, he just wasn't available to come on tour, so I said to Jules, why don't you come back into the band and recreate the role you have in the poets, um, and step in and out of the music so that we can still keep the space for certain songs that are just guitar, bass and drums, and then you can come in when you need that big organ sound and that big deep uh, start for, for songs like Strength or the Piano on Spirit 76. So um, it, it's worked out really well. Cause, and Jules is a great musician, you know. She, yeah. Uh, I've stolen quite a few songs off her <laughs> when we played it out. Things happened. So, you know, she's um, been a big part of it. And, you know, she's a massive part of the Alarm family. And she of loves course. the band and the music and everything it stands for. And, you know, Jules is really responsible for, for Dave coming back into the fold so extensively of late. And she's always really fostered that relationship and encouraged me to... Uh, you know, set aside the, the, the things that, that um, we might have fallen out over in the past to, to sort of leave those where they belong and, and build a new relationship. So she's really been a really positive uh, energy and a really positive influence on, on all of the band and, and all the people associated with it. You know, and then, uh, 
build a relationship I have with Dave today, which is a really beautiful relationship. It's really a lot of it is down to Jules and her encouraging us to get together. And she, you know, she was really insistent that we we played together at the gathering, and and uh, and and so she's really helped heal all, all those kind of rifts that, that went on at one time in life. Um, and now we can look back at those and laugh and move on. And, uh, <laughs> Well, that's good to hear. I mean, obviously, we everybody that's been watching, especially the little tiny group of 3,100 and some odd people in the Alarm 30 group on Facebook that's just been growing like gangbusters, that sort of core of um, crazy alarm heads notices all of those things every day, right? We notice how, how well, how much Jules is adding to the band, the Dave's back in thing I mean at least opening and then guys play a couple songs together it's it's just it's really a great time to be an alarm fan right now um and it has been for the last 30 years but yeah it's, it's a great time you know look and um you know I, I think um by the time this broadcast there'll be a, a show announced for um October the 27th 28th it's going to be in Slims at San Francisco and I, I, you know, I've invited Nigel to come along with his band, the American Farmers, to be our special guest. So he he said, "Yeah, let's do it." Wow! Hopefully that will that will um, materialise. And uh, you know, it shows that the, the sort of harmony that's there. Um, you know, the, the, the reissues of the new music are, uh, definitely are um, beneficial to all the uh, members of the alarm. You know, to, and they've really. Uh, you know, I saw Dave the other day, and he was saying what what how he loved the new record sleeves and the way they've been presented and the photographic um, representation of the band as, as a modern group. It you know it really sits sits well with him and as how and it reflects how he sees the alarm as well. So it's uh, it's, it's it's really great that we can uh, all um, enjoy where we've come from and, and still be part of where it's all taken us. You know because it's. You know, once you've been in the alarm, that's it. You're always going to be a member of that. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you were, you're party to it in 1981 or 2001, you know, it's, it, it's a family thing. Once, you, once you're accepted in and, and you play a part on stage, um, you, 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 I, my thing is you have to be respectful to everybody who's been in the band. And, you know, there's always the truth of what happens. But, but it doesn't take away from my respect for anyone who's ever played in the band on the stage. They, they were, people who played in the name of the alarm for a reason, because they were great musicians and, and great people, and, and the case situations work against us all. But um, it doesn't mean to say we can't still be civil and respectful of each other and, and um, uphold the spirit that is the alarm family. And that, that's reflected in all those people you just mentioned on the alarm thirty, all the, the, the you know the, the thirty odd thousand that are on Facebook or the three hundred thousand listeners to the alarm on Spotify. Monthly, monthly. Month. Yeah, I mean it's that's incredible. A lot of them come from the new record, the old records, the people that are coming here. Strength and the stand from the from that uh, thirteen reasons why. Speaking of that, it's all it's like a, it's a whole wide range of different people. The new promotions. What you have a new company is doing promotions, and obviously you have a new distribution deal with a record company. Um, what's the new promotion company that you're dealing with? Well, well, the record label is the 21st Century Recording Company. It's I understand that one. Yeah, I, I I started, and all the records come out on the 21st Century label. Uh, and but it's just that really we're we're distributed yeah. now by in grooves. In grooves, that's right. They're really, yeah, they're a major player in the um, in the marketplace of selling records and, and and connecting the digital dots on all the streaming services. And and uh, I, I couldn't do it all without them. They've been they're amazing. They're, they're, the head guy is, is a guy called Lloyd Hummel, and he's a real big fan of the Alarm League. We connected because he bought tickets to come see the UCLA gathering a couple of years ago, and and, uh, and approached us about um, bringing the alarms music to the masses again, you know, and, and reissuing the albums to the wider audience, the audience that are rediscovering music, to getting back into vinyl records, the resurgence of record stores, and you know, and and also with a personal approach to the online presence of the band. Uh, you know, re- realigning our Spotify page, making sure we've got updated photographs and good biogs 
and so that when people do discover the band through the new outlets like 13 Reasons Why or when they hear a recurrent alarm play on the radio and they shazam it, it, it you get the real information about where the band's at today and, and you don't get you know um, sucked into a, a whirlpool of misinformation <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff that <laughs> it's very hard to control it. Old. I'm, I'm an artist that prides myself on, on being in control of my music and the focus and, and how it appears and looks and sounds. Exactly. Uh, and, but in that, to, to, to maintain that level, I needed some uh, allies in the game. And, and I feel like we've got them now with it, within Groove. The, the team that are behind the record are all, are all massive fans. You know, the guy runs our UK uh, in Groove's office. Yeah, we were playing at the Forum in Kenzie Town in London a couple of weeks ago, and I looked down from the stage, and he's bouncing down in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't see many record executives doing that. No. You know? And then when, when we were at UCLA a couple of weeks, weeks ago, and I saw you bouncing down to the, near the PA to my right, <laughs> I looked to my left and down the aisle, I could see Lloyd Hummel himself, the head of Ingram, jumping up. Jumping him down also. And popping along to the songs, and... and, and the great thing about in-groups as well is that, that um, a, a number of the, the, the old staff that believed in the band when we were at IRS Records in the 80s are, are working for us indirectly now, or directly. You know, there's a chap called Michael Plen, and he's the guy that's taking Beautiful from Equals to radio and having like, some amazing successes. And he's the guy nice. that took the stand to radio, and he, he, he worked the alarm up right up to the Strength album uh, and, uh, and the politics of MCA. Right. Uh, he, he had a he had a big fight because MCA didn't support the alarm and and, built, and sort of a, you know come come uh, you know, they didn't fulfil their promises to IRS Records when IRS Records signed MCA, and so so uh, Michael left, but he's he's back. And the fold now, Jay Boberg, who's the old president of IRS, is also one of the one of the, the leading lights in Grooves as well. And um, it, it's so, and a, a lot of the IRS team were actually at the UCLA gig. So uh, uh, it was uh, it's really been great to reconnect with all those people because they've got the alarm running in their blood just as much as I have. And and uh, and, and so we've got the, the, the all those the passion of those people telling people that what, what the alarm is doing today that's still credible, still cool, still happening, still modern, and, 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 and it's built on a great foundation of history that, that, that uh, everyone who's been in the band and made a contribution can be proud of. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's working on so many levels um, that uh, we've just got to keep you know, um, moving forward in, in, the, in the way we see things, and 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 uh, you know the we, we, you know we, we, so much has happened, and we haven't even put the album out properly yet. But, uh, <laughs> you know what? I think there's so much. Um, even if they haven't put it out properly yet, obviously we've seen it so many more places than we would see a regular 21st century release because I mean, Target has it, which is like I mean they're not going to have it on the racks because they only have 25 records, but you can buy it digitally at their store, which and the two re-releases which you could never do before for instance no when when we did the first when declaration and anonymous came out um, earlier in the year they were the first releases in groups i mean you could buy them in germany you could buy them in wales in the uk you could buy it in texas and california and in canada all on the same day and it, it, that's that that hadn't happened for our community our alarm community for a long long time you know, someone like yourself would buy an alarm record, and you have to wait two weeks for it to come in the post <laughs> in And uh, you know, and that made that was exciting in its own way. Right, and, right. And you know, as part of you know, we we, we I like the, that the um. I mean, the, human the white the NPO envelopes with the poppy in the corner were always exciting to get in the mail, right? <laughs> That's it. You know, and, and look, when the packages would go out, there'd always be an extra CD thrown in on some badges or some flyers. And, 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 I, and it was that was the, the care and attention to detail was something that had gone out of the recording machine in the 90s. And, uh, and, and we, we, that's part of the reason why I started my own label was to put that care and attention to detail into 
at the handling of the records as, as works of art, not just a piece of product that's on the supermarket counter. Uh, but I think modern retail um, to survive now with, with, with the internet is that people have to put that care back into it. And that's why the record stores are on the rise again. Record Store Day has been um, you know, an amazing event to be part of. And, and, and you go there and you meet some great people who love music and that, it's a real shot in the arm. You know, when you go to a record store and someone comes up to you and tells you they love the record you've made and, and they can't wait to get home and play it. And it's so inspiring as a musician because that's what you want. Because you, so many times you put the records out and you, you just read the bad review or, you know, the, the, the online you know, people just go and say, oh, this, and they say that without, you know, the keyboard warriors. <laughs> Yeah, for every for every uh, people, you know, without a care to what people's personal feelings. Yeah, people. When you're in a record shop, you meet someone, you get you get the genuine enthusiasm. It really drives you forward. It makes, it's like that's what we made this record for to share positive experiences with an audience and get good feedback and you know and construct. Or they say, you know, oh, I wish that you know I prefer that version, but at least they care. You know, and they love what you're trying to do. You know, so. It's uh, that's it's um, having the record shops back and the way we interact with all the outlets now. It's um, it's what you know. It's that's what we want. You know, it's we want that involvement with your audience, and that's so. It's uh, it, it, that's why I'm looking forward to the coming American tour because it's it's a lot of dates. So that's a lot of pebbles to throw into the ocean. Right, and they'll create a lot of ripples. Um, and, and, and that's what's creating these windows of opportunity, like um, 13 Reasons Why or um, radio stations, new radio stations picking up on songs like Beautiful and Two Rivers and starting to play them. It's pretty incredible, you know, we're, we're, we're the first time since uh, the 80s that the alarm are getting added to radio stations in America and everything again. And that's, you know, we, we had a battle royale with the Dave Matthews band the other week and oh. <laughs> to see yeah to see his song would go on the radio and we, and we the alarm beat their single by 97% of the votes were for the alarm yeah but we beat them which is cool <laughs> <laughs> peace now I don't need to say what this song's about it's obvious from the title it's what we all want isn't it it's what we all hope for it's what Bob Dylan wrote The Times We Are A Changing for it's what Neil Young wrote Rocking In The Free Will for this is this is what we all hope and pray for every day of our lives peace now let's have it Thirteen Dead Reindeer really is about the way the world is changing, about how the old values, the old things we believe in, are being threatened, challenged, taken down, questioned every single day. Uh, people have a voice like they've never had before, and they're using it. And Thirteen Dead Reindeer is a reflection of the new voice of the people. There's there's lots of immediate feedback now. Um, and there has been for a while, but you're getting it from other sources. Before it was just a, you know, you'd ask and we'd go, yeah, it sounds great. And it does. But now you have a lot of other sources of feedback, which is which has got to help you a lot with your inspiration to, to create more songs and get them out there. Look, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a young artist by any stretch of imagination. Sometimes the weight of your artistic history can, um, you know, go against you. But... Um, it feels like right now um, the the the, um, the devotion that's been put into keeping the arm current and making always making new music is starting to really bear fruit now, and and uh, and, and, and it's freshening up the history and not getting lost under the weight of that. You know, people are seeing the alarm as a band that makes modern music again now, and there's an anticipation for equals and uh, and, and more. So, um, it's, especially, uh, it's, uh, people want to see James's new guitar, new bass slash guitar, <laughs> the the dual neck bass and guitar. It it's a monster. Yeah, 
well, but, you know, we, I, was, um, I, I decided today to say, let's get ourselves a double net. We, we, because of Craig, with Craig's commission, uh, with, with his commitment to the mission and then Steer Destiny, uh, meant that he was unable to talk, he hasn't been unable, uh, he's been unable to tour with us for about a year now. And, and, so, and so I'm not one to sit back and think, well, I can't go on tour, I haven't got a bass player, let's come up with a solution. And, and James and I, we, 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 we talked about all kinds of people to come and play bass. And uh, and, and I, I, I was partly, you know, because I'd done my one-man tour where I'd learn how to do all the looping and right. and run those pedals and all that kind of thing. I, I, I took up the courage one day and I just phoned James and said, look, James, instead of bringing a brand new face into the band and all of the people around us will start going, oh, who's that? And, oh, he's not as good as this and he's not as good as, <laughs> as, good as her. And, I said, why don't we not have a new face? And you, 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 you know, you can play bass. I, I've got this, developed this acoustic electric guitar with Auden that we, the guitars that we call the Deceivers, because they they look acoustic, but underneath the hood, it's a it's a powerful instrument. It's got a lot of volume in it. And I said, I can play acoustic and electric in in one style. And and so if you play bass, we we just there's nobody new to integrate into the band it's just us and then when Craig's ready to come back into it he just drops in you know and uh, and, and I thought James would have killed me for suggesting he stopped being the guitarist for quite a while and he said that sounds great Mike I'm, I love playing bass I'm totally up for it and you know James had played bass on, on the vinyl soundtrack album you know he played bass on a lot of situations on the first demos of In the Poppy Field he played bass on all those tracks and uh, started out life as a bass player in school, so he, he's and he's such a talented musician. Uh, and I and but I still wanted him to play guitar. So I said, but you're not you're not going to just play bass. You're going to play guitar on these tracks, um, and I'll run the bass pedals, or you can run bass pedals, and we and we just be more creative uh, uh, as musicians. And uh, and it, it was a massive challenge for us both to accept. Uh, but I think it's been the making of us. I think it's been the making of James. He, he's, his confidence has grown so much. He's got so much um, respect and recognition in the musician community. Uh, and for thinking outside the box, taking on the challenge of playing bass and guitar in the same song. I know, well, you're, you're playing, we can now hear you play lead on some songs like Strength and things like which we had never heard before, right? Where you'd only play rhythm, and now you're trying to play lead on some of those, and it sounds fantastic. Well, you know, look at, uh, with all the a lot the guitar creativity in the alarm stems from the songwriting, and you know, and a lot of it was when we first started. Eddie was 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 a really creative guitarist, and I think that was part part of the source of the frustration for, for Dave was that he was such a great technical guitar player. He didn't like playing the riff handed to him. <laughs> it's almost like I always think it's a bit the opposite of Roger Daltrey saying, "Oh, I don't want to sing your lyrics, Pete. I want to write my own." Write my own. You know, we all heard what happened when he wrote his own lyrics, too. By the way, anyway. But, um. <laughs> but uh, you know, anyway, it's, uh, you know, it's just that, that you know I've always played guitar on on, on all kinds of things. Of course, and uh, but you know my role as a frontman as the leader of the band would. Would um, you know? I would hand that off to someone else. You know, I I play guitar on all the records, and then would hand it over to James to play. Or uh, uh, even I do a lot of it on the record, all of it in some some cases. So now people can see in what what's what really you know right to the core of where a lot of the guitar playing that has driven the band in the studio and the records has come from. And and uh, I think we've got we're creating a really pure. The purest alarm sound that there's ever been right now. I think it's rooted in what what the sound that the, the fans first saw when we first came to America on the war tour, or played in, you know, with the beat and and the jam and all the all the British bands. Whoa! <laughs> Are you driving? There is a lot of um. Oh, you can hear James. You can hear. I think what we're doing now is is a great. Um, it's rooted in the very guitar. Um, sound that the, that made gave the bands its prominence, and then we lost that. You know, when when uh, when Dave switched to playing vintage Telecasters and Stratocasters around the Strength album, the whole sound of the band changed. changed. And, yeah. You know, there, there was you know 
uh, when we play Spirit 76, I play the riff on the harmonica like it was written. Uh, when, when, when we did Spirit in the studio, it became a guitar song and a piano song instead of an acoustic uh, guitar and, and harmonica song. And it, and it took us away from our root of, like, that was established with the stand and marching on and where we were hiding. And, and, I, and I think the way we play the songs now, um, it, it, there's a much more cohesive sound. You know, that's how I think. And, and um, it feels really exciting to be in the band playing. It feels liberating and it feels high energy and everything it, it's supposed to be. And, and I feel like I've got more space to manoeuvre on stage. And, uh, and, and I, you know, having James, Smiley and George behind me backing me up 100% is, is uh, it's, that again, it gives me a great springboard to uh, project the lyrics and the, and the songs that, that I've been committed to my whole life. Well, one more note on that. Um, James has started to get, started to play like these John Entwistle style things that aren't even in the song in between the it, it, like it's it's just awesome like you'll be listening you go, what is james doing over there and he's playing the he's playing with smiley at the same time keeping the rhythm then something else was going on too and it's just because he's such a yeah, well, an accomplished think, guitar I, player <laughs> what what the one thing about james is he's a guitarist playing bass is what eddie was you know and, and 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 eddie you know brought a certain amount of melody to the bass playing um when he were in in the 80s uh, and, and it was a very tight rhythm section with night. And, uh, you know, and, and I think James and Smiley got that same chemistry. You know, Craig was a bass player, bass player, and, and, and played eights all the way through. And, and there was no melody in his bass playing. He just played the roots, and he's the best in the world at that. Absolute best in the world. Really heavy, laid it down thick bass player. Brilliant. But but James is melodic. He he's more. He plays more like sort of Paul McCartney or like you say John Entwistle, and, and uh, or like Paul Simonon in the Clash. And he, he plays melodic bass lines just like Eddie would do when when we played in the eighties. So I think that again that the the, um, the accident of not having Craig for eighteen months has allowed uh, uh, the a lot us myself and James to sort of rediscover the the, the real root of, of the alarm sound um, and, and, and take it into a modern context that is, is very interesting. You know, when people come see the band, it's not just, you know, an old pub-looking type band, you know, with guitar, <laughs> bass and drums and some keys. I mean, we've got all those elements going, but we've shuffled the pack. It's like, you know, that we, we took up, instead of throwing the playing cards in the middle of where we are hiding, and putting the pack together, we threw all the instruments up in the air. But this is how they've landed, and, and we've now got a new way of playing them because uh, that, that, that's just how we had to pick them up to keep going. And uh, and so we're, we're getting so much interest in all the all the music magazines and and the, and the music manufacturers. Uh, you know, Gordon Smith guitars uh, made James the double neck, <laughs> and uh, and all of a sudden on on social media, there's all these photos going around great players like Phil Linnett playing the double neck or Jimmy Page and Mick Ronson all these people you would never have thought played the double neck but they, but they have and, and I, I, I like the fact that turning a cliche on its head and all of a sudden I think there'll be a whole slew of people using these uh, double necks because they go hand in you know the fact that I've got this uh, loop station at my seat right. and can play some things on that I've got a drum and James can you know that, and I, it allows me so he can be playing most of the song on bass and I play guitar and then I can use my hands at certain parts in the set and he takes over on the guitar. He's got bass pedals at his feet so he can still keep all the bottom end. Right. And, and we haven't used bass pedals in the alarm since the 80s. Eddie, Eddie used to use them a lot, you know, for certain songs on Knife Edge and Strength and back in the day. Um, he was always uh, at his feet in the bass pedals. And, uh, and so that's another a bit of old alarm technology that we've brought back into the fold to uh, liberate the sound of the band and, and, and liberate ourselves as musicians. Well, uh, you guys need a name. You need, you need to paint a name on um, the double neck guitar too. So, the, the bass guitar. It needs to be called the Liberator or something, right? You, put, you stick it up every as you leave this to me. It's staying white. <laughs> <laughs> 
neutral, not on anybody's side. I live and die as I was born into this world. That's how I feel I want to be in, the, in this day and age. I, I want to be free to make my own choices in life, to not be just put in a box and filed away as a given. I want the people who represent me to work for my vote, to challenge me, to win me over, to get me on their side, not just assume they've got me because that's the way I was brought into the world or that's the way I was um, taught in school or made to believe by the media that I've read or have been influenced by. I want to be a free thinker and available to move in any direction that life presents itself, neutral. Hellfire, it's about coming under fire, it's about being shot at. And you can be shot out in, in war, yes, we all know that, but you can be shot at every day in your life by people who think they know you, people who want to take you down for having a stance. But this song is really all about just staying true to who you are, no matter how intense the the bullets fly, you stick to what you believe in. And if you go down fighting then that is all you really can do and hope for. There's a couple of questions that Steve wanted me to make sure I got. I asked you about the um, if you have any plans yet for a 30th update for both Change and Eye of the Hurricane. Um, and if you if you've thought of those yet, like what you might do if you're gonna just play, if it's just gonna be an acoustic album, if you want to rewrite songs. Well, I think um, you know I, I, I've um, you know there, there was uh, so much going on that I didn't get a chance to really just do a, a specific Eye of the Hurricane uh, reimagination like I've done the Declaration and Strength. Um, but I, I I think I've always seen. Either Hurricane has been part of a trilogy of records that involved electric folklore and also uh, the Change album. So that time leaning towards um, looking at that in the in the second half of next year, because uh, then it, you hit the anniversary of the recording session of a New South Wales, the release of the Change album, and the the bilingual record Change is now in the Welsh language record and. Um, you know, and the release of the New South Wales as a single in '91, um, and, and uh, all the work we did with the BBC on the Blaze of Glory documentary. Um, That's that, right. That was 30 years ago. So I've been, uh, I'm further from meeting the director John Geraint of the original Blaze of Glory documentary uh, next week, and we're going to discuss um, revisiting the documentary, maybe rescreening the original on BBC, but possibly going back to all the, the places and the situations that I was involved in and the band was, in, was uh, part of back in 1989. And, 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 and again, maybe telling the story of how Wales and the world has changed in, in those 30 years. Um, so um, I, I, within that framework, I, I think I'll revisit um, Hurricane and Change and Folklore uh, in, in certain creative way that I haven't exactly decided upon yet. But certainly when, when I was researching playing either hurricane at the at the uh, Norwegian church um, recently uh, you know I came across a lot of songs that had been um, uh, abandoned yeah, those... at the time because of the, the, the tensions in the group and you know the tensions that were happening in the in the country that we were living in and uh, that forced certain songs underground and so um I, I played a few of those been playing some more. I think there's about four there's probably yes. quite a few more there's quite a few more in fact it'd be great to hear uh, those recorded look, look I'll definitely revisit those albums for, for next year um, you know and, and, and obviously the, but you know from a reissue point of view the strength album is probably the next thing that I'll focus on uh, in, the, in the second half of this year um while while we're on tour with Equals, and, and uh, I've already been into the archive and, and found some really interesting uh, things. So it was obviously the bootlegs, the old strength bootlegs that came out 
um, that, that some of that I think sounds amazing and deserves an official release. I think some of the, the monitor mixes and the demos were, were, were almost better than the strength album itself. So um, I think there's definitely a, a, a reissue of the strength album next year that can be a really uh, interesting and vital uh, part of um, alarm record collectors. Um, Well, I know you have to go. I have one last question for you. But where did Armageddon in the morning come from? Well, it, 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 it's a day in the life of Mike Peters, That's really. It thought. starts out with, with um, it was a, a, a whole set of lyrics that just flowed into my iPhone. I typed <laughs> them all in as, as the day went. And, uh, and, and, it, and it, I was probably fairly, fairly destabilized at the time. Uh, in terms of like, had, my wife was in hospital suffering from breast cancer. Right. Um, you know, that's I, the Armageddon. You know, be at home to keep the keep the ship afloat and keep the kids in school and and uh, and become a one man band and um, you know and still deal with all the the to and throwing of fans and, and and the commitments that you have to make and promises you have to fulfil and uh, and then you know externally. The world seems to be falling apart. There was, you know, the Donald Trump situation, uh, you know, causing confusion. Oh, we still got that going on, anyway. <laughs> you know, and then we've got Brexit in the UK, and there's mistrust and division everywhere. I was uh, looking, and uh, you, you know, you could see a rise of right wing in Europe and even in America, and it, and it just, you know, the, the career situation was there was. You know, nuclear missiles being fired towards China, and and so I I just had to um, in amongst all this day in the life of confusion, and it seems to be most days were running from one into another. Uh, I just fired all the lyrics of Armageddon into um, my phone as, as just as words in notes, and then sat down with a, with a guitar and uh, and it was really Jules that was encouraged me to. Um, put them to music because I, I was just writing a lot of this stuff while she was in hospital or I was alone um, having to deal with uh, you know the, all the family situations that were disrupted through all the hospital visits and, and um, mm. uncertainties and around my own health situation and, and, and um, I, I, c I can remember being um, out in America uh, and on a, I think I'd been playing at the um, Iridium doing the three nights there on Broadway, right. three or six shows, and and uh, and then we went out to uh, the beach one day, and uh, and I, I brought a guitar with me, and um, I, I sat down and was just playing some chords, and Jill said, "What what's, what's that?" And I said, "Oh, I've mean, been looking at these lyrics, thinking I have a song coming out of them," and then so she said, "She I just showed her everything that was written in my phone," and she said. You've got to put that. But you get go to the studio now, and, and I went to a studio called Kaleidoscope. You can see some of it in uh, Man in the Camo Jacket, and and I got my friend Roger Coletti uh, to come and play some drums for me, and, and I recorded um, the beginning of three songs there that that, that were all from um, you know part of Equals or what's coming next, and they they came the beginning of Blood Red Fire Black, and I recorded. Uh, Coming backwards, time. Oh wow! And, um, and love and understanding. Very rough, basic demos. Just, just throwing them out. Then, and I was just singing the lyrics from my phone uh, uh, and trying to make sense of them. And and, and uh, I knew the music was going to come from these lyrics. And uh, and that's how it's uh, evolved, right through to uh, to the record that you're going to hear. <laughs> well, uh, specifically Armageddon, we consider to be on par with Blaze of Glory in the pantheon of alarm songs at the top of the list. I mean, we both heard that song and we said, that's the best song Mike Peters has written in a long time. And yeah, I think that, I think that was part of the... I think I feel um, more uh, lyrically capable than I, than I have done before. Uh, and... and, and uh, I, I felt easier to write lyrically in the last year. Um, 
than, than I've ever done before. And um, so, you know, yeah, I'm really proud of Armageddon in the morning. I think it's a strong, you know, one of, one of the, the, the best lyrics. You know, some great phrases in there that really, that, 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 that uh, you know, really get into your imagination. And um, you know, uh, my challenge now to find a way to get it into the live concert. It's such a long song. <laughs> but you have to shorten it slightly. Well, you can when you start playing the shows this summer. If you can get um, you can get the guys on board. You could probably get a five minute version of it instead of a seven or eight minute version of it. But, but um, I try. I tried to suggest that for for equal that that we uh, with George, the producer George Williams. I said, come on, let's let's try and make a three minute version of this song. And he went, no way. It, this it, it's got to be long. This is the beauty of the song. You don't it is. It is. It, it keeps intensifying as the song and he. He's sort of right in a way, um, you know, and, and I think again, you know, I've gone back to listening to some of the, the Bob Dylan stuff that that really started the band, the, the really early acoustic songs like "It's Alright, Ma" and um, uh, uh, "Visions of Johanna" and all that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, "Desolation Row." Oh yeah, and, um, and so I, 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 you know, that, and again, I think uh, it's, it's sort of reconnected with Dave. Took me into that because he was playing these quite long songs, and you know, Dave's always—he's he's a very, very lyrical writer these days. You know, he's—he's not—he's not a rock guitarist anymore. That's not his bag. You know, that's not where he's at. He—he's a lyricist, and uh, and and the, the magic of his songs that he plays today when he opens for the alarm is in the lyrics. Yeah, and 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 if you. If you sit and listen to what he's got to say, it's it's so powerful, and uh, I think uh, that that kind of rubbed off me because there's that Dylan-esque element. You know, Dave's still very rooted in the Dylan Woody Guthrie kind of thing that was there at the beginnings of the band's out, you know, start of the journey, and uh, so I, 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 some of that was led me back to listening to those early Dylan records, freewheeling and the first Bob Dylan album, <laughs> Times Zero Changing, and, and I've really fought, fallen in love with that Dylan with his voice, rather than the electric Dylan of late, and so, there's, you know, there's a little bit of, um, you know, and I think that, that connects that song to, exactly. uh, you know, fans who've been with the band, the, the history of the band, they, they they can see that that is rooted in in um, an idea where, where the, the was there, at the, you know, the creative space that, that we inhabited, when the alarm was being formed and creating its first music, so that's just something that's come full circle and still informing the band's music today, albeit in a different environment. Cenotaph is just taking a moment to remember those who've been before you who've paved the way for the life. You are lucky to lead. Tomorrow is about believing. Whatever you think you are today, you can be tomorrow. You can change things around. You can be unsafe. You can find a way out. You can do whatever you want in life, whenever you want to do it. And, and the thrill of 
thrill of being there and knowing that I was like my life had changed and I was going to walk out of the venue at the end like a different person to the one that came in. And at that, the bootleg doesn't come anywhere near to getting that. Or even as good as it is, it's still it still doesn't. Right. Not the same as being there. The band on stage, and you have to see, you know, the spit coming out of Joe Strummer's mouth, and just uh. fall over himself to get all the lyrics out and get all his energy and passion out there. And Mick Jones leaping across the stage. You can't, you can't, you can't box that up in a DVD or a, or a live album. <laughs> and that's why we we still love going to gigs, and I still love playing them. And that's 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 the real reason we're in the band for, and uh, it's to play music with the people who who enjoy the kind of music we create and and, um, and that's where the connection lies for me. Yeah, it's really interesting to watch the four of you on stage together up close. It's the um, very, very tight-knit group. Look, we're, we're, I think the thing about the band right now with James and Sal is we, we get on fantastically well. There's, the camaraderie is incredible. There's, there's no excess of, of anyone, you know, and that's not, um, you know, a slight on anybody, but, you know, there's no massive alcohol situation around or you're dealing with somebody who's, uh, you know, going through a tough time or mentally or, or has, you know, has um, issues with temperament or anything like that, you know, all the things you have to deal with. But right now, we're like a little family on the road. We, we all support each other 100%. We all believe in each other 100%. And, and it, it's, it's the best time ever. It's, it reminds me of the first days of the alarm when Red Eye and Gaz were involved and uh, we were a massive family and uh, we would all do anything for each other and uh, and that's how it comes across. We, you know, when we come, when we come to back this summer, the, the kids will be on the road and, you know, we, we couldn't do that before. It was, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't... Um, something that you, you contemplate, you know, with all the, the rock and roll excess that was going around. Uh, but it's none of that. You know, we just, we live for the music in this band and uh, and we, we all can't wait to get out there and play. And there's a lot of smiles, a lot of fun. One last thing I want to say about that is that we've noticed, I'm trying to see, oh, speakerphone, there you are. Yeah, we got cut off. One last thing, so because you, you can go. Um, it, I want everyone to know that um, we've been seeing all the shows show up on Live Nation websites. Yeah, look, it's a good thing Live Nation are, uh, are really back in the band. Yeah. At the moment. We've got a great relationship with them that we've established through building up the, um, the New York gathering. And, you know, they're getting behind us on a national basis. Um, and we're building a lot of great relationships for the band. You know, uh, people uh, respect what we're doing right now. They... they, they we're not a retrospective band like a lot of bands are. We're, we're, we're people believe that we've got a future. Yeah, you're playing new stuff. We've got a future, just like we do. You know, all the people who are going to listen to this, we, we all believe in the future of the alarm and we respect where it's come from. And and that's, that's uh, it, that has a lot of, carries a lot of weight in the industry now that people finally seeing the vision which we've, we've set forward for this group put forward for the band and, and they're, they're buying into it now and, and we're backing it up you know and off the fans are coming to the shows you know, we've got uh, the, like never before uh, you know we're, we're, we've got new fans and people are you know, our old music has become new through, through the, the, the in reasons why through the internet through people coming to the streaming services and that you know we've been we've got this is the alarm playlist on Spotify and, and we've got Alarm Essentials and it's got music from 1981 right through to 2018 in its playlist and so the people who are discovering the alarm today are, are not just living in the past they, they're, they're, they're living with all they're hearing all the tunes music presented as one and it's uh, and that's what is exciting people and organisations like Live Nation In Grooves Apple Music Spotify well, it's great. I mean, it's it was inspiring before to hear you write lyrics about broken strings and singing over drunken bums, but um, that wasn't necessary. I mean, <laughs> but that was just a that was a short that was that was the short little period there when you were trying to make it out on your own all by yourself, and then right after that it was Billy Duffy, and then it was the band and. In the 90s, <laughs> and uh, it was a, you know, it was a, a time for another generation.
generation have its way with the world, you know, and the, the, the America discovered its own voice through Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder, and, and there was no need for for young American audiences to have to have their feelings voiced by British guys, which had been for a lot of the 60s, 70s, and 80s rock music was best voiced by British singer songwriters, and then America discovered its own again in the 90s and the only place you could go was the underground and then you know we obviously co-sound billy and i connected through co-sound that eddie was mcdonald came to all the gigs and and he and i decided to start the alarm again and night and dave gave us permission and off we went and for you know for eight or nine gigs in alarm 2000 eddie was part of it and and then he he, he went his own way again and, and uh and so it was, the band soldiered on through a lot, and and but but it, that's what it has done. It's the, the alarm has survived, and that's ultimately living out what was laid down on the foundations as expressed through the lyrics of the band was all about survival, personal uh, perseverance to, to see things through, and uh, and all, all that vision that was laid out in those early records has been carried through every record we've ever made and, it, and it's still at the heart of what Equals is about um, and it's all informing where we're going to go in the future as well. Well, speaking of Equals, we'll end on that. Equals comes out June 29th. In the in Equals, you do do uh, lyrical flashbacks to Alarm Tunes. Once again, you did, you've done it before, but the, in a very good way at the end of Equals, um, end of end of uh, Two Rivers is what I'm trying to say, which is still, um, it, which is a barn burner. It's, a, it's probably the new favorite song of live of everyone. What's your what's your schedule right now? What you, what's your next stop? Are you just going back home, or you have another show to play tonight? No, three, three shows in Germany now, and then back to the UK, and then it's um, preparing for the release of Equals. There's going to be a lot of in-store play in record stores in Britain and uh, starting with an in-store at HMV in Cardiff June 29th when the record comes out Wow! and uh, there'll be lots of activity podcasts and Facebook live things going on and and uh, you know we're just trying to let everyone know the records out there and uh, and then we're, we're really looking forward to the American tour starting on um, July the 25th up in uh, Minneapolis and it takes us right down the eastern seaboard, uh, and there'll be a second wave coming that, that'll be announced pretty soon as well. So, wow. Uh, and uh, hopefully some more dates towards the end of the year as well, take us right up to the end of the year, and then we'll be back at the gathering <laughs> in, uh, in February 2019, so uh, um, the, the clock never stops ticking. It doesn't. Well... We're all excited to uh, see you here in the States. Um, and, and there's one in Arizona this time, which is hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, there's a few Arizona nights. I'm okay. Birmingham, Alabama. How's that? I've never been there. Alabama, Tennessee. Taking my kids and showing them some of the civil rights movement and how that, you know, the foundation of the world they live in was uh, started down there. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, there's always, always great history to soak up on these tours and... Uh, and we're, we're looking forward to uh, seeing it all as a family and, and meeting all the fans along the way. And uh, at the shows, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, be a great summer. We will um, we'll talk to you on tour. Hopefully we'll um, get another interview with you um, after the record is released. Definitely. Okay. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right, Jeff. Cheers, mate. crowd trouble. I saw a message today from Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine calling to put together a revolutionary group to lead um, a freedom fight to release all the children that have been uh, impeded, interned on the American South borders and um, under the orders of Mr Donald Trump the American president and he said is anyone in and I thought yeah I'm in for that children interned that's it's not acceptable in this day and age and uh, it just shows you that a voice a lone voice out there can have power and can stir up crowd trouble to challenge those in power and make them see the error of their ways.
It's no way to live a life. The trash piles up and the hygiene slides. Rats in the gutter can't sense the swing. The human race is gonna have a big rethink. I don't wanna come back down. Search you through the wreckage of the same old town. The flags and banners and borderlines all torn down by a brand new tribe. One and one and one is a crowd. One and one and one is a crowd. And the crowd is trouble. I see it all in with my brand new eyes. I started to record the day I was born. I don't speak much, but I've spoken too. I'll always try to be polite and true. I don't wanna come back down. Search you through the wreckage of a dirty old town. The flags, the banners, the borderlines, all torn down by a brand new tribe. One and one and one is a crowd. One and one and one is a crowd. And the crowd is That person standing next to you And believe